if you have something else going on in your life, things that you have to do, I think working as a career assistant is really helpful because sometimes in this city you struggle to have the time to find time to think. The job I do is to protect the works of art, to be in the rooms, to give advice, guidance, directions to members of the public. My name is Russell Carr and I'm a gallery assistant at Tate Britain. It's a job that is easy to do, especially if you've got something else to do it, like I do my photography and I try to persuade a career as a photographer. So that is a job that it pays, you know, not much, but it helps with the bills and it gives me time and freedom to do my own work. My name is Suzette Almeida and I've been in the Tate for eight years now, um, working as a gallery assistant. Well, if I do more than three days, for instance, today is my third day in the week and I'm starting to feel a little bit like, oof, it's a bit too much now because um, my, my week is already organised and I know what I have to do, so I, have, I just need to do it, so I feel like a bit trapped today. My name is Paula Wicotia Perez and I'm a gallery assistant at Tate Britain. My name is... Robert Reynard and um, I'm a gallery assistant at Tate Britain. Tony. My name is Nivek Amichand and I'm a gallery assistant. First thing in the morning uh, when there's hardly anyone here, I found it really peaceful and restful and it's nice having the paintings around you. It's a very easy job, so you just have to turn up and literally just walk around. I've got lots of friends here, some close kind of relationships with people. It doesn't always feel like a job. Uh, there are problems sometimes uh, with things like evacuations or uh, suspect bags, but for the most part, it's a relatively easy job. An art gallery is an art environment, so you don't have to be be strict, you know, it's, it's an open thing. You interact with the people, you speak with the people. It's not like years ago that the role of a gallery assistant was to stay in one room and you couldn't speak, you couldn't, you know, even talk to the visitors. You often get normally American people that will come up and just bark questions at you without perhaps an introduction of hello or how are you. Um, but you also get a certain class of English person that might come up and say, where are the toilets? Or something like that. They would bark something at you. And I always try to say, well, first of all, good morning, or try to kind of bring them back into a civilised form of behaviour. <laughs> but, uh, yeah, I mean, those are the rude ones. But they are a minority. When you're working as a gallery assistant, you put on the uniform and you become invisible. People don't tend not to see you. They tend to give you less respect. They tend to speak down to you because they think you are less educated because you're doing a job that's more highly skilled. But at the same time, yeah, it's just that you feel less valued as a person because you're working in a job that's... I know lots of people have been doing it for a long time, but for me, I think that it's... Um, you get treated not like you should be treated as a person. I suppose if you're having problems in your personal life 
or if you're worried about something. You've got lots of time to think and dwell on things. So if something was bothering you, you can just imagine the worst. Yeah, everything is um, a lot bigger than it seems because you've got nothing better to do and you're not allowed to talk. So you end up thinking about... If you have a small problem, it gets blown up into a massive problem because your mind keeps on playing on it over and over again. If you're tired, you just get more grumpy. If you're happy, you tend to, if you're happy, the day tends to go by a bit quicker. Your concept of time, I think, changes when your mind is in a different place. Oh, well, that's totally the opposite for me. When you are surrounded by artwork that you like, that is more likely for me to ease the problem, you know, in a way. But it certainly doesn't amplify it. It's fun. It's, it's good fun to be there. And it's good that we're surrounded by the works of art and it can inspire us particularly my work, if I want to, you know, give me some inspiration. But at the end of the day, it's a job, it's a, you know, eight hours job, and who likes to do it? I don't. Today I was thinking of going to Sardinia, and I've never been there before, so I was I was just having a, my own trip, you know. I was, I was thinking about going to camping. I was thinking of um, going with my girl. I was just imagining myself being there, you know, with a camera on my hand, a super eight, and having sex in the night. Yeah, this girl, this colleague of mine, I was just imagining uh, looking at her, just standing on the sand, you know, just standing on the beach, with no talking, with no sounds, just, just looking. I think about Spain, Salamanca. I think about the cathedral and the bridges over the river. I'm sitting outside the cafe and having a very nice cup of tea or coffee and an ice cream. I always buy ice creams when I go to Salamanca. If I see a visitor that looks interesting or if I see a beautiful girl or woman um, then you sort of you, you concentrate on that person or even the artwork if you can look at a painting and I don't know imagine what it must have been like to have lived in those times this week I was working in the early British section so you've got the costumes there and certain historical or mythological situations you start to think about those yeah I mean I suppose the paintings and the women that's what you think about I don't ever think I imagine myself within a painting. Um, I imagine the scenes and what action might be unfolding within that painting. I was looking at a Fuseli painting quite a lot this week, uh, the Midsummer Night's Dream one with Titania and Bottom. There's some weird things going on in there. But what I'd be doing, I don't know. I don't know. In the painting, I see myself standing on what seems to be a very small planet, and there is a harp. The harp only has one chord, which is a symbol of um, very little hope in, in the life of the character who is playing or who is touching the chord. But as long as there is one chord, there is hope. 
when I feel a bit down, I just imagine being in a place of this character. You have to believe in um, what seems to be hopeless situation, which seems to be going badly, can be changed if you if you really believe it. If I have to choose a situation, I think I wouldn't mind to be in one of those Francis Bacon stage. <laughs> I would like to have sex with one of those ex... ex Francis Bacon's boyfriends. Probably drier. And get really high on drugs. And Francis Bacon basically is looking at us. He comes into the stage, he comes into the picture. Francis Bacon comes in doesn't talk to us. It just comes through. It's like passing through the painting, no? It's like, shoof. He look at us because I'm with his boyfriend or ex-boyfriend and I'm just about, or probably I have sex already or I'm just about to have sex with him. And he knows that. The situation is quite tense, you know, violent. Someone has to die. I don't know if it's me or Bacon or... Maybe not dying, but I would like to see a, a fight and then some chairs in the air and some yelling and shouting and glasses broken on the floor and the bottle of whiskey. I think I like to have one of those experiences. I'll be the sleeping cool because you don't have to worry about anything. You're just innocent. You're sleeping, letting the, everything go past you. And you don't have to worry about the world. Yeah. I'll be the sleeping fool, definitely. Thank you.